radioinfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beam. Wednesday show. Oh, goodness, what has happened in two days, Frank? It has been an absolute insane ride. And um, we're going to get right into it. So we're going to start with Wednesday. I mean, with Monday's show. I don't know if any of you guys, if you didn't listen, we're going to recap it for you today. But on Wednesday's show, something spectacular, I mean, Monday's show, something spectacular happened. (laughs) And I just want to let everybody know, I've replayed this to show this next segment we're going to do to a couple of friends and family and stuff like that. And um, I laugh at the same time every time. So I laugh I'm good. the exact same way every time. Hold on. I got to get rid of something. Hold on. It's making noises. Locals is chirping at me in the background. I don't know if you heard it, but okay. Let me get rid of this. Okay. Here we go. We're going to replay the Monday segment where all this went down so people can get up to speed. And then we will get into the rest. <laughs> Cut it. Well, definitely not the FBI because they would want that embarrassing ish all over the place. Okay. So then this is an inside job. Yep. Yep. Sharon says, um, I'll keep saying it. My mom has um, dementia and the similarities between her behavior and Biden's are scary. Um, Hold on. Who wrote it? Somebody wrote into my show (laughs) and I forgot where I verified some of it. But they had made a claim that that Joe Biden, years ago, had to take a substantial part of his brain out. Yes, yes, you you had this whole story about the doctor who was actually sitting at the table. So now now I, I don't know anything <laughs> else. It's a distant memory. It was so long so ago. So don't take anything I have to say with. <laughs> Anything other than a grain of salt. With that being said, it is true. <laughs> he has he has at least one third of his brain missing. We and we have to we have to find the information. I have to find the information on this now. He had some kind of a trauma. <laughs> What's the matter? Are you okay? That's how I do journalism. <laughs> See. I- <laughs> That's why people come to me for the news. I'm gonna cry. Hold on. <laughs> I was wondering why I was so so quiet. I thought we got cut off, and you were no, just No, I was trying choking. not to laugh. <sighs> I have to stop the crazy hysterics that are coming because you're hysterical. You're like, take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt. Joe Biden is missing a third of his brain. And you know what? Hold Somebody on. told me this, and. Okay. It, just like I-, I paused the the show because people are going to get confused. <laughs> but what were you going to say before we continue watching it again? Well, I talk, well, finish finish the clip. Okay. Back to the clip. I get super chats <laughs> and I get emails. People give me their theories all the time, and I deal. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm almost like you know an international bazaar of theories. Here, 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 give me a theory. I'll give you one of mine. But this, I remember this had a little bit more substance than the others. And they're like, no, no, it's true. It did. He had some kind of, he had a, a situation and they had to remove substantial parts of his brain. 
<laughs> substantial. It's like what keeps your brain in place if you remove too much of it? Does it start knocking around? <laughs> <laughs> Which part? Which part did they take? I don't know. And it was because of his aneurysm, wasn't it? So, yeah, something like that. Two aneurysm surgeries, says Laura Butler in the chat room. Oh my there gosh. you go. Oh, I didn't even see that. See, I, I remembered it on my own. No one's going to believe me. Okay. So this is what happened on Monday. And then, Frank, you had something to say in the middle of the clip. I don't know what it was. Yeah, it's not a third. It's a half. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. Then on Monday at 4.36, this was released. And I tweeted and I said, I, I said, who watched the show today? Because this is what it was. Where'd you go? Oh, there you are. I don't know. The internet's unstable. It said, but yeah, a couple of hours after we have this conversation, like clockwork, Joe Biden makes a public address. Do you have the clip? Yeah, I do. Which In which he says this. And I had uh, these terrible headaches, was diagnosed with having a, a uh, anyway, they had to take the top of my head off a couple times, <laughs> see if I had a brain. <laughs> so uh, the uh, the headaches that he's talking about where he just gave up on telling the story was that he had two major aneurysms. Now, Frank was, was he was determined. <laughs> he was going to find the clip where this happened on his show and he did find the clip he did and we're... it was complete think about this and i'm going to do i'm going to open up my show with this tonight too because i have a couple things to add to it um think about this i got somebody was listening to, to dark to light his name was josh he's been watching the show for years he gets in touch with me. He says, oh, by the way, here, this is April 2019. Gave me a full two-minute, some-odd-second clip. Amazing. From the call, he says, "I when, when I saw this live, I needed to screen capture it because I felt like it might be important one day. It is right and now. <laughs> if he did not say there was no way I would have found it. I thought it was you. God bless. What's his name? Josh. Josh? Okay, here we go. This is where it all originated. Okay, this is Margie. Listen, Frank, I've been trying to get a hold of you and tell you what I know about Joe Biden. Okay, go ahead. Now, wait, before I get keep going, the music in the background is just perfect. It's your creepy music. It's my creep. It's my creepy. Uh, my creepy soundscape. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, you know how he can't keep his hands off the kids and women. Yes. I'm. I'm not trying to make excuses for him. But back in 2013, I was seated at a wedding beside the brain surgeon who took out, as he said, half of Joe Biden's brain. What? Yes. Wait a this second. This doctor was the neurosurgeon at Walter Reed Hospital. Okay? The man was in his 80s when I met him. And back in 1988, Joe Biden had an aneurysm on the floor of the Senate. They took him to Walter Reed, and this surgeon took out one quarter of Joe Biden's brain. Which side? The left or the right? The frontal lobe. The right. The right. Fuck. The right okay. side. Okay. Then, then, about nine months later, he suffered another aneurysm. 
all right? They took him back to Walter Reed, and this same doctor, since he'd done the first surgery, was called in to do the second. He said the aneurysms that Joe Biden suffered were huge. There was so much brain damage that he had to take out another quarter of his brain. So he literally has half a brain. Okay, Dude, so that was crazy that, that Margie just said that. I literally, I think maybe it was Dilly who said it. I heard or read that uh, Joe Biden had an aneurysm and had like his brain part of it removed like two days ago, three days ago, really recently. I didn't have firsthand knowledge sitting there at the wedding with his brain surgeon, but yeah, that actually might be a thing. Did you know that it and was? Did you know that it was half of the brain? I didn't know that. I just I either heard or I read that. He had some kind of brain surgery and that he was basically disqualified from being vice president because he could be turned into a Manchurian candidate, essentially, like a, oh a real one. So so then he's like one of those remote control dogs that we've been reading about that the CIA can 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 go and, and uh, steer around. I, mean, I, I think that's kind of where it was going. But, yeah, for everyone who thinks Martin is crazy, no, like that's that information is out there. OK, this is it makes you wonder. It really makes you wonder about those those comments that Barack Obama made about how like his dream job is to be uh, to be able to remote control a president from a basement so he doesn't have to do it anymore. He maybe probably can and do do it with Joe Biden. I listen. I don't know. Listen, I have no reason to doubt Margie's experience. Margie, I thank you so much for you know everything. Um, I have no reason to, but it just the 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 series of events that led us to that point yesterday or Monday were blew me away. Like I couldn't even believe I'm it. telling you when you're in it, when you're there's sometimes it all writes itself. And it did. It sure did write itself. Um, Margie, Margie reached out to me too. I got an email from her. So she, so maybe I could have found it based on when she maybe remembered when she called in, I, I might, I might have been able to dig into the archives. Um, so, uh, yeah, so she's still out there. She's still watching the show. Crazy. Just crazy. Thank you, Margie. Um, take it with, as Frank says, a grain of salt. Just one grain. He's the, he's, what did you call yourself? The, the me? Yeah, remember you said, I'm like the people come to me with a. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm like a, a, a theater, like a pawn shop. I don't know. You know, you know, you know, when you go into a convenience store and you see that little tray that says, take a penny, leave a penny. Yes. That, that's like take a theory, leave a theory. What, what do you got for me? I, okay, I can give you five dollars for that. Kyle <laughs> Serafin's in the chat. He said, "Morning, you half-brained weirdos." <laughs> Indeed. I mean, listen, can you actually? But that's the whole point. Margie said, and she didn't want to make excuses for him because obviously, whatever kind of uh, behavior he is, you know, whatever kind of be behavior he exhibits now is just probably Joe Biden with less constraints because there's there's less equipment in there to cover it all up and to moderate what he's doing in front of cameras. You know, what, how how often he's biting people's fingers and sniffing people's hair. <laughs> you know, take the top of maybe my the the governor days. has just been taken off or something like when you're missing half of your brain can is you there even a, function with half your brain i don't even know if is, that's possible what i'm saying is it possible to remove 50 percent of any portion like wherever you get the 50 percent from is it possible to be the same person after I, or at all a person anyway speaking of kyle 
we're going to get into some interesting stuff that happened the other day. But first, Monday, I was on the Charlie Kirk show. And afterwards, it's like everything hit the fan all at once. I had this really awesome article written about me by Media Matters that's completely oh. defamatory. <laughs> well. So I was talking to friends this morning on the pre-show and I said, do you think if I started a give, send, go to raise the money to sue the pants off these bitches that they that people would be okay with donating to it? So what came first, Media Matters or Peter Strzok saying the same thing? It was Media Matters and Peter Strzok at similar times. Like, I believe there were similar time frames, which was interesting to me. Um, because next was this. Um, oh, no. Was this. By Peter Strzok. None other than Peter Strzok. Here's an FBI agent who was in the chat room, by the way. Even Jim Jordan didn't want to testify, yelling, fight me like some 12-year-old child on a playground. By the way, his retweet, a QAnon influencer who obtained and published internal FBI emails identifying more than a dozen FBI employees. Wonder where she got them. A QAnon wow. influencer. Wait, wait, what's the, uh, what's obtained and published the, uh, the, what, what the about the Jennifer what, what Moore that? human resource cringe where she applauds them for arresting people for um, killing Officer Sicknick, which was just blown way out of the water yesterday, yesterday yeah. and the day before. Um, and a whole bunch of other stuff about how she's just a, she's terrible. And Kyle can drop a link in the chat for everybody and they'll. Uh, Incredible. You know, I knew I knew it had to have been someone like Peter Strzok because he he had blocked me a couple of months ago. Oh, about a month or two ago. Yeah. Maybe and then, about then I just responded to him with this. Which is the 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 gift that pissed him off in the first place. It's just his ugly face making that devil look. Yeah. He's terrible. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. That's a that's a. That's a. Mm -hmm. Everybody's yeah. pointing out the woman behind him, though, and her eyes. Well, it, it's yeah. It, she almost had. Oh shoot! You're right. Wait. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's that's pretty much like uh, Satan from Passion of the Christ. <laughs> that is. That's just in the background of everything. The the kind of androgynous looking uh, uh, hooded figure with the with the the 80 year old baby oh man this is like a this is like right out of passion of the christ P people yeah and then one other random thing that happened yesterday before we get into real serious stuff um i i was at an appointment and and my husband texted me and he said a delivery driver did this in front of my house here we're gonna play it real quick no sound but for people who can't see he gets out of the truck kind of paces around in a circle for a minute, drops down and does 10 very poorly formed push-ups and then gets on with his day. Let's see this. Yeah, he's pushing up 10 of them. Count them out. Gets oh. up, brushes off his hands. Oh, very bad. <laughs> and gets Hips back. down. For, he's like, he's putting his thighs down first. Is Yeah. Wait, this is outside your house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Will was oh, like, I hear something. Let me see what's going on. And he looks and, and, and this man outside doing push-ups in the, in the I, street. I mean, I applaud him. I I, I would do push-ups all throughout the day like that as well. But my man has got to stiffen up and he's got to get that chest down first. 
Yeah. Well, I can't even do a half a push-up, so I'm not going to critique anything. Yeah, but we'll just start from your knees. What do you want to do? Do you want to do uh, Missouri v. Biden first, or do you want to do um, January 6th first? Uh, January 6th was a lot more, uh, like, firecrackery right now, so yeah. Sure. Okay. So, Tucker Carlson, Monday night, on played the clip of the, quote, QAnon shaman being escorted around inside the Capitol by Capitol Police and led into different offices if he could get into them, if they weren't locked, and just basically brought around like he was on a tour. You know, nobody tried to arrest him. Nobody was fighting with him. They were just walking him around as though he was meant to be there, walking through the building. There's some shots of him walking down these long corridors inside the Capitol building uh, in which the the walls either side of him are completely lined with police officers, and he's walking down the middle uh, w- with an escort of his own, just looking around, testing doors together, as if he's a, a dignitary. Yes, like he he's coming from some horned country to as a representative of a, of another country. It it's it, very odd. It, it it is very odd, and and so the internet broke. Everybody was like, holy crap, this is not what we were told. I mean, even I saw a lot of people on the left saying it like this is not what we were told. People we've been talking about it for forever, Frank. So nobody on this show is surprised. We've shown the footage of them walking through the Capitol in a single file line like they're on a kindergarten field trip. We've referred to it that way often. Yeah, there were people outside that were riled up. And there's a lot of evidence to show it's because the cops were shooting tear gas grenades at them for no reason. So we're 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 in a whole nother universe here but the narrative that they have going that everybody on the right or the left that's part of a uniparty wants to keep going is that this was a violent bloody insurrection at the capitol and the footage that was shown on monday didn't prove that out at all now do i think that tucker carlson carlson should be the sole arbiter of this footage my main qualm was that the entire public didn't get all of this footage to look through right it, it, it doesn't belong in the hands of one single journalist. I, I love, you know, Tucker Carlson does great work, but that's not where that footage belongs. That aside, Shipwrecked Crew is defending a significant amount of J6ers. And he wrote, he's he's got Jake Chansley as his client now. And he wrote the other day, my client Jake Chansley was a big part of Tucker's first big rollout of video tonight. There's a story beyond just the fact that the government had video Jake's attorney never looked at. Jake is set to be released from custody soon. He's going to tell a story, but Jake also has also committed himself to helping me raise money so I can get into cases for J6 defendants earlier than I was able to get into his. I've spent 20 or more hours talking to him on the phone. He's an interesting young man, and I look forward to meeting him in person. It is quite fortuitous that those videos are coming out around the same time as he might first be able to address them himself. And he had... He had more to say, which we'll get into in a minute, but Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, you know, I have all these clips of these idiots to play. Like, why wouldn't you want the American public to see this? There is no good reason. I I played Chuck and Mitch last night, and then I rounded it off with people like Ken Burns and everyone else. Even Uh, Grassley. the, the, The insanity. The insanity of actually being able to uh, get yourself to say that by showing more of the clips that were used to sell the the narrative, not less, 
not less, to show more of these clips to show that it was the classic meme of fine focusing on one fraction of a picture to be able to sell that, oh, the person, you know, somebody's stabbing each other instead of, so, you know, it, it was just, to, to say that it was Nazi-like and Soviet-like to give more context to any clip out there is incredible to me. And then, of course, there's the other thing where one of the biggest red pill moments for any discussion on any topic that is relevant to society should be when you have leadership of these parties, these factions, these fraternities like Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer, the, the Dracula, forming a unified front. The, the fact that they have linked arms to to focus their ire on one person, on one thing is that should be a wake up moment for everybody down here who has now been trained to fight each other yeah. ad nauseum about one thing or another. These people linking arms to destroy a common enemy is really just, oh, my gosh, it's incredible. And if you didn't check out Kyle's show on Monday, you should. I think it was Monday's show. It might have been yesterday's. Um, Steve Friend, his entire whistleblower disclosure in the beginning, I believe at least a good bulk of it was about this event was about January 6th and the gaslighting that goes on trying to get people to believe that people died that day at the hands of these quote insurrectionists is mind-boggling here's Mitch McConnell it was a mistake in my view for <laughs> Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks yeah but you know what your chief law enforcement officials on the take. That's the problem. And nobody talked to real law enforcement officials, which is what happened last night on Tucker. But I have to tell you, something happened because I think there was more footage to be aired on Tucker last night that we didn't get to see. It seemed like that was very anticlimactic compared to what we all expected. But we had Chuck Schumer coming out. We had, um, here's Tom Tillis. Is, um, is this... A lie. I think it's bull. I was down there and I saw maybe a few tourists, a few people who got caught up in things. But when you see police barricades breached, when you see police officers assaulted, all of that, or you had to be in close proximity to it. If you were just a tourist, you should have probably lined up at the visitor center and came in on an orderly basis. So there's him. And then we've got a whole bunch of uh, here's McCarthy talking about whether he regrets what he did. Because of the footage that you gave Tucker Carlson last night, he went on and said this was a mostly peaceful chaos, as he said. He downplayed Brian Sicknick's death, said it was not related to January 6th, that this was not an insurrection. Do you regret well, can, 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 it be, can somebody prove that it was? That's no. the whole point. No. I mean, the, Tucker Carlson or anybody else in the last couple of years has never come out and said, this is exactly what caused the, uh, the, the stroke for this officer in the days after the uh, the the events at the Capitol, nobody's actually ever came out and made a diagnosis. So the, I mean, the, the, no, there was a diagnosis from the autopsy, which said, he, yeah, they what didn't cause, equate it. They didn't equate it to January sixth at all, and they make the lie. They say, oh, he alluded to it. No, that's not how autopsies work. No. 
this whole sicknick thing that and the man's family is all on board with being used as political pawns they're all good with it it's okay for them I, I think that they know I think that they know that at this point things are so testy and that the real violence and the real the real um the real danger is from the central powers who use this who took this molehill turned it into a mountain and used it to to usher in a new domestic war on terrorism to I mean and, and also remember at the very end of all this was waiting for us was this locked down capital campus yep, where yep. we got this this strange uh otherworldly inauguration ceremony where only the the controlling members of the country club were allowed there a, a, a sea of little american flags and barriers and marines and national guard circling the entire campus there only their judges and their generals and their senators were there to make sure that they can usher in the stillbirth president of the half-brained half man the half-brained <laughs> man can can be just put into his it was it's all so messed up if i were sick nick family if if i didn't want to lose anybody else uh around me i would just say you listen uh please leave my my family alone and um and and just be be good good little team players here like the seth rich uh like the rich family did too because this is a very dangerous situation no doubt about it yeah and here <sighs> From that, we got the whole, you're right, the whole new DOJ weaponization against everyday Americans. The whole thing ramped up after January 6th. Here we. Footage so he could whitewash the events of that day? No, um, I, I said at the very beginning, transparency. And so what I wanted to produce for everybody is exactly what I said, that people could actually look at it and see what's gone on that day. So. But why, but, 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 but Mr. Speaker, Mr. a gaggle. The gaggle. The gaggle of lunatics who were mad they didn't get it so they could edit it the way they wanted. Portrayal of what happened that day? Look, each person come up with their own conclusion, but I, what I just wanted to make sure is I had transparency. Do you believe Because I know in CNN, I mean, I had here where you guys actually broke where we were. This was a secret location, Fort McLaren. I don't know if you got concerned by that. I don't even know from a point of view of security if we could ever be taken there again. But when you broke that at CNN, that was a real concern to a lot of people. I had a real concern also when I wanted to make sure transparency looked. Um, the officer's death is tragic in the, uh, anytime. And they keep it going. They keep it going with the officer's deaths. They keep it going. And that's what so I say, Tracy, whether it's Russian collusion or nothing, the, the chapter one is always agreed upon by everybody else. It was a Russian hack. Now, from there, we can have our differences politically and we can we can turn this into a, uh, you know, a, a, a battle of of, uh, you know, partisan robots. If we don't get chapter one down, then the, the rest of the story is nonsense. The origin is everything. So they still have this going on. And, and to your point, Kevin McCarthy, if he was going to release this to anyone, he should release it to everyone, because as long as everybody has the same thing, then it doesn't matter what a journalist from MSNBC would go in and cherry pick because somebody like you or Kyle Serafin in the chat room or anybody that can go and look through this stuff, uh, which I think it should be public domain, a war is being waged uh, uh, on behalf of what is inside those tapes. And let me just also say to say, well, we all saw it happen. No, you didn't. All you saw is 
footage. People who were on the campus only saw what was in front of them. They didn't see, they weren't omniscient. They didn't see the entire campus all at once like they were God. The only thing that everybody in this country knows about that day is what was presented through media. Yep. Everyone's like, we, well, what, are you saying that we didn't see what we saw? No, I'm saying you saw exactly what you were shown. Which is what they wanted you to see. Speaking Exactly. To so that- if everybody had this footage... Yeah, maybe I can go and cherry pick something, but you'd have the pro the the act the, the power to go and find the exact same spot and give twenty seconds before and twenty seconds afterwards to show things like Josh Hawley wasn't running for his life and everybody laughing that he was part of a. a it, it's just and and it, Tuck, it, Tucker speaks to that right here and answered every question about what actually happened on January six. Far from it. There's still many mysteries from that day. But one thing we know for certain is that the story they told you about it, a pat tale of good versus evil, an insurrection with no guns that took place at the U.S. Capitol, those were lies, and they were lies told for a very specific purpose. Of course, the people in power wanted more power, and they got it on the basis of those lies. Evan answered every... It's so true. So then everybody went nuts here. More. They don't selectively edit videos. In free countries, governments do not lie about protests as a pretext to gain more power for themselves. They don't selectively edit videos for propaganda services and then lie about them in fake hearings and show trials. But that's exactly what happened. And every member of Congress should ask why that happened. And of course, you know, you have Liz Cheney and Kinzinger and all of them coming out. Um, And then there's a very real problem here that nobody's really talking about, and that is... There are people who are still sitting there rotting in jail right now who need this footage that was not provided to them in an exculpatory manner, which is clearly it's a pro- it's a problem that happens over and over again with the government. Plea, 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 plea. We're not going to show you all the stuff that makes it so that you're innocent. Plea guilty to this so that we can have you in our tick boxes for convictions. Well, I saw that uh, I had uh, uh, Brandon stop by the show for a quick segment last night, um, and I I had brought this up in the middle of our 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 chat. I saw on the Epoch Times or and elsewhere that they that a lot of January six detainees have already started requesting that their trials and their sentencing or whatever be put on hold until they're able to look through this this uh, this footage. Because it's been so hard to to get to get a hand on what could possibly be exculpatory evidence, and um, so I don't know how far that is going to go. Because again, what we're dealing with right now is the battle for public perception and the court of public opinion. As far as what this is going to translate with in results, the the people who should be the arbiters of justice, they have been sitting on this stuff because they want justice to swing in a certain direction. So I I don't know where this goes to change things for anybody who's been detained. Hopefully it does. I'm glad that people are requesting this stuff to be used in their defense going forward. But but. Man, I have a thread from Ship. Um, he says, and this reporting of the new video releases should be combined with the fact that the DOJ demanded protective orders over all videos disclosed to the defendants from CCTV or body worn cameras, preventing release of those videos to the to the public. 
These videos should not only be released if they should could only be released if they were used in court. So who used them in court? The government when it asks for defendants to be detained without bond or other various types of pretrial proceedings. So DOJ could pick and choose what it wanted the public to see and what would be reported in the press. And that allowed the DOJ to set the narrative through the media about what happened on January 6th while defendants couldn't release any video to establish a counter narrative. That is why Carlson is what Carlson is doing is so important. For the first time, the wider public is seeing that the events of January 6th were a lot more nuanced than has been suggested by the government, including the January 6th committee. The government has misled the public. That should make you unhappy. And he says more, actually. He says, hold on. Right now, basically, in summation, there are a lot of people that are asking for this right now because they haven't been able to see it. And in a lot of cases, it's going to make... And let's not forget, people who have been arrested for misdemeanor trespass and who have no other criminal history whatsoever are being sentenced to years in prison. Years. Not only that, not only that, we've, we've seen the situation where judges have actually formed these minor infractions when you look at them objectively. We have seen situations where judges have actually uh, requested that defendants renounce allegiances and support of political, political figures part, right. like Donald Trump. Yeah, you, you, you re- renounce allegiances to Donald's support for pol- politicians and, and things like that to be able to barter for reduced sentences for, for, for minor infractions, for misdemeanors. I mean, the, the, what we have seen as far as the shaming and the the judicial tyranny that has come from this, how it's been used, man, it uh, it's terrifying. January sixth yes. is terrifying. It really is. Um, he had last night. He had Tariq Johnson on, former Capitol police officer, who put the MAGA hat on to try and kind of protect himself, I guess, from what was going on in the crowd. He didn't want to be attacked. It was a hairy situation. Nobody's doubting that. It was definitely crazy down there. But an insurrection. Um, enough to suspend basically every what it's been used for in in the in the lead up has been something. And again, a lot of people do think that what they did last night was a cop out that they got pressure from from the Senate, you know, Chuck Schumer demanding that Fox News not air something like the last I checked you little little Chucky boy work for us and you don't get to tell the media what they do and do not do. It, it, what, what the hell does he think this is? The intelligence it, company, they have six ways from Sunday again? It, it, the, I, like I said, just remember about the, the power dynamics that were displayed at that inauguration in 2021. They locked down the entire campus and all that was left behind were the owners and the OG members of the country club. This yeah. is their country club. And I want to make this point that Kyle's making because it's very important. The DOJ is not supposed to have a vested interest in the outcome of the case. They're not supposed to care. They're supposed to, they're supposed to be like an unbiased arbiter in a way. They're supposed to present the facts and then a jury is supposed to make the decision. They're not supposed to be invested in the outcome. And they are. And they are. This is what Kyle says. The insanity is, as Bill Shipley said, the government has no stake in the outcome of the legal process. They have no stake in it, literally. They're not supposed to have any stake. And that's the way it's supposed to work. And, you know, honestly, this brings us, 
we'll play this montage real quick. And this brings us to, oops. Uh, let me all, before you go to this, what you're, I, I just want to remind everybody who's watching live on Rumble, please hit the like button because uh, th there's a lot of important things being talked about on this show today, but that is how we can get to chart on the Rumble leaderboard. It's it's mainly through likes. We have more than enough views, but um, if we have 1,400 people watching, we should have close to 1,400 likes. That would be a amazing help. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it. Really appreciate it, actually. Um because we do this three days a week, just like this, pretty much. Tucker brought, and, and Citizen Free Press, if you guys don't know about it, go there. CitizenFreePress.com, amazing website, breaks all this stuff down. And if you want to be up to speed quickly, that's your place. But here's a mashup of what the corporate media did yesterday when their narrative, because there's no difference. The line the line is, is straight. They're all together in their little club. And, and the, the corporate media works for the evil government, they just work for them. Here we go. Well, as far as we know, for more than two years, 26 months of the day, actually, no media organization in the country pressed to see the actual tape, the January 6th surveillance footage. And there was a reason for that. So a small group of people, which would include the leaders of the Democratic Party and their allies in the media, had a complete monopoly on what you were allowed to know about what happened, what actually happened, in the Capitol on January 6th. And they defended that monopoly with great ferocity, as monopolists tend to do. So the moment we broke that monopoly, simply by getting access to the footage, it's not hard. That's what you're supposed to do when you work in the news business. Other media outlets went crazy. They all did. And we just couldn't resist not to be self-referential, but it's too hilarious. So we assembled a montage. Here it is. What we saw tonight, Allison, from Tucker is, is nothing new. He has been trying to sanitize the very real violence that we all saw uh, unfold at the U.S. Capitol. 41,000 hours of footage from an attempted coup is federal evidence. How on earth is Kevin McCarthy trying to justify to fellow members of Congress giving 41,000 hours of federal investigative evidence and material to Fox News? This that is wasn't being used. Of that was being sat on. Unfairness. Yeah, nobody was seeing it except the people that were sharing stuff on social media. Again, if you're if you've been invested in the truth about this, you've seen movies and all kinds of other stuff put together about what actually happened that day. But this footage has been seen by nobody. That's why I I just don't understand how people can have the nerve. I understand what they're trying to do and what the the objective is, but where do you get the nerve to say that suppression, to that to suppress information, is to be on the opposite side of Stalin and oh that's coming, yeah. How can you say this that suppression promotes freedom? and promotes clarity. I, I don't... They're, they're, it's, it's, they're fascist. We we must get into... Because Missouri... The, the stuff that was released in Missouri v. Biden, I know it's legal and people think it's dry, but this is not dry. And it dovetails right into this. And it, it's a huge part of it because CISA, the FBI, the DHS, the State Department, um, the Surgeon General, the CDC, the White House, all of them... All of those agencies are engaged in, in something absolutely terrible on a grand scale, but let's finish this clip. 
you should give it to every news organization at the same time. Oh. What's next? Or, uh, is the Speaker of the House going to turn over the daily schedules of the Capitol Police? Uh, are they going to give what? them the codes to the uh, to, to the locked doors? Nobody that believes any of that garbage Tucker was spewing. <laughs> He's going to cry. He's going to cry. Adam King Jinger is going to cry. None of their kids will ever believe that garbage. It feels like a Soviet system or you know the way the nazis would build a potemkin village tucker carlson's doing the same thing with the footage from uh one six it's the same way that when the wikileaks were being dropped in 2016 cuomo got on and said it's illegal for you to look at these emails we'll tell you what's in them yes we'll tell you exactly what it is don't uh and and again um for for to make that equivalency to say oh, all of that. Well, what are we gonna do next? Give everybody the nuclear codes, or uh, it's it's really just Shocking. there's no excuse. Did you listen by any chance? It was um, I think it was it was Monday night. It was Monday night, and there was a Twitter space that was started. Everybody was because it, it was right after the the gen, this whole thing had started, and Brandon was in there, Julie Kelly was in there, a few other people. And to hear the leftists that get in and get some speaker time on these spaces, it was, I, I only, I don't listen to spaces a lot. I was in there for about maybe 10 minutes and I couldn't, the chaos, the, the coping, the coping, it, it, this is not, hopefully that there's a lot more people who are not in public eye right now that are going through moments of, they're getting moments of clarity. They're getting shocked into red pill land and they're seeing that uh, we're, that we're all in the same boat, that it's not about who's against. It's like, we're all being destroyed by this and we're being pitted up against each other, mm -hmm. but you should, you should have heard the coping going on. Yeah. Uh, inside they, of like, that. Explaining it away or giving excuses. Yeah. Yeah. Or... For, for example, like they were like people were they're scoffing at Julie Kelly for all the work that she does. Uh, it, it got to the point where they had nothing really to argue with her about, except to except to ask her, Julie, what other uh, what other cases have you ever covered in your life? Uh, as if this as if to say that her hyper fixation on January 6th is just bordering on obsession and she doesn't actually know, she doesn't know what she's talking about like like this is the the level of cope now there's there's no way to defend this except to make these ridiculous uh false equivalencies about what this revelation this this minute tip tiny, of the iceberg teeny teeny tiny little tip thing. of the iceberg yeah false equivalencies and just scoffing minimalist minimalist cope really something to see what happens when a tiny little bit of truth drips out there for people just a little oh by the way uh lauren just texted me oh and she said that tracy said steak a bunch of times and aurora comes running in and says tracy daddy loves steak <laughs> so she hi, always aurora. talks to you <laughs> i love her hi aurora <laughs> okay in this in this yesterday the missouri v biden case which is the censorship case they declared yesterday that they are going to expand to a class now. It was just, you know, plaintiffs in, in Missouri and in Louisiana who had a stake in all of this. But now they're saying, no, this affects everybody in such a broad manner. We want we want to broaden the suit completely and make it national. Fine. Um, this is what Jen Easterly said, head of CISA. Now, we've talked about how they've declared your thoughts cognitive infrastructure. Your thoughts, Frank. She said this. This is in the lawsuit, quote, 
One could argue that we're in the business of protecting critical infrastructure and the most critical infrastructure is our cognitive infrastructure. We now live in a world where people talk about alternative facts post-truth, which I think is really, really dangerous if people get to pick their own facts. Which is just another way of Chris Cuomo saying, don't read it, we'll read it for you. Yes, yes, you can't pick your own facts. This, they literally, CISA goes in to make the argument that speech about even the financial sector and the health of the financial sector is policeable and censorable because if people were to hear negative things that are not the party line or the the official narrative on what they want people to think about the banking industry, it's an issue of national security. Literally what they're saying. We need to monitor what is out there and censor what we don't like because if people hear negative things, it's an, it's, it's an assault on national security and we could have a big problem on our hands. This is what we are dealing with. They ensure that they, you know, you, it's, it's mind boggling. I've got so many things on here. They literally called, they called the, the, the fight for liberty and liberty itself during the vaccine and mask mandates, Frank, they said it was a right wing trope that was dangerous and they had people censored for talking about it on social media. This is all domestic speech that these taxpayer-funded organizations are literally sending in. They hired a bunch of college interns. They put them on the CISA boards. They put them on the Stanford Internet Observatory. They put them in other little government not-for-profits that are funded by the government. And they had these little weasels siphoning through everybody's social media to pick out things that were against the, the, the official quote narrative, send them off to social media, demand that they remove them. Otherwise, they lose their Section 230 protection. They'll lose their antitrust. They'll go after them for antitrust. All kinds of threats of violence against these companies by the state if they don't remove speech that they feel is counter to their mission including all kinds of things. They literally admit in their paperwork and in their reports that they're partisan based. They focus on red states first and then, and swing states and then everything else. They are hyper-focused on quote, right-wing speech, not anything the left might be saying, but literally focus, and they admit it. And all of this stuff that they admitted, which there's a lot more, Frank, the DHS on Friday, right before this dropped on Friday, CISA scrubbed its website to purge all reference to any of the domestic censorship work that it was doing. Mike, there's ben, some there's some 1984 shit right there. I mean, it was all publicly available. Mike Benz, um, Mike Benz, who is the executive director of Foundation for Freedom, and use he's a genius. He's brilliant. This guy knows everything there is to know about this stuff. Used to work at a very high level inside the government and left, and he has it documented everything that they've taken down and what it is and why. He just didn't know why. So I DM'd him last night and I said, dude. This was right before Missouri v. Biden dropped with links to all of this stuff. All of it. This is the most important case right now. I'm telling you, what was exposed in this case, 
I was sitting there literally reading through 380 pages with my mouth hanging open on how bad it really is. And they had no scruples about it. None at all. Until now, when they remove it, Frank, it's COVID. It's now uh, birth control. It's uh, gender or like gender theory. It's co. It's um election integrity. It's the Biden laptop. It's everything. Everything we say, and that's why yesterday the FEC came after uh, Elon Musk, and they want to know who he gave access to the Twitter files to, because that really started this off. So tomorrow. The Weaponization Committee has a hearing and Taibi and I think his name is Schellenberg are going to be there. But what happens when the people that are still with brain cells in their head, not with a half a brain, start saying, hold on a second. January 6th was a complete lie. They're censoring our speech. We're seeing it now. What else are they telling us? And what do they do when they get angry? What happens? What is the next step? That's my question. I, I, you know, it, that that that's a be good good thing for people to. Uh, I mean, and I hope that you spend you can maybe call in tonight with my show after I bring this question up early on in the in the show, because this is what I I was thinking about as a theme for tonight, which is I was actually thinking about the Godfather, and um, because I was reading through some, I'm reading this really great book, um, very slowly, but I, I'm being meticulous about it. So a lot of things going on inside of there. And the opening scene, I believe in America, Bonacera is there at the, uh, at, at the Don's daughter's wedding. And he's talking about, he's talking about what he invested, how he invested his life and his family into America, the American ideal. And when it came time for him to ask for America for help when his daughter was was beaten and raped and he went to the American courtroom for justice, he had pretty much Peter Strzok smile and giggle at him as they had their three-year sentence suspended and he felt like a fool. And and I and I because the reason why I want to bring that up tonight is I believe that we're all Bonacera now, that we we thought that when the chips were down, there was a system that was going to be there, that was second to none in the world. And I know some people say that as bad as it is, it still is second to none in the world, which is scary. Um, With that system is supposed to be there for us. And if it's not, if we are, and if we see all underneath it, underneath the judges and and the, the, the big public figures, that there is just teeming, teeming, groups of people that are running around trying to figure out like this whole sister thing how to make sure that everything we say to each other is categorized in a certain way that requires suppression or some kind of uh, special program to monitor us and whatever if that's the case we always talk about parallel economies parallel economies and education uh direct care with medicine how do we avoid the hospitals how do we avoid the schools how, you know all this how do we avoid the judicial system we can't have a where where do we find a parallel economy for justice because that requires a common understanding and agreement on what is justice what is the objective truth that needs to, what is objectivity uh there is no objectivity the law is supposed to be objective and we are in this completely subjective tyrannical kind of a culture here 
So uh, I'm not talking about vigilantism either. I'm I'm talking about what happens when you have two ideologies occupying the same space. What do you do? They should be able to coexist. Oh, they should because yeah, I, I know they should. But you have a zombie body. You have a zombie parasite that has taken over a system that used to be there a little bit more across the board. But now we have judges. The judges, they're priests now. They're the high priests of society. They're not there to apply law and to and to respect uh, constitutionally uh, constitutionally constructed legislatures and their opinion and their their lawmaking within constitutional bounds, they're there to interpret law and to to think about the precedent they're setting for a new iteration of the country. Ugh. We're talking about this is a very religious sectarian environment we're in. And um, I I often wonder what the and I have a lot of questions to ask that tonight. It's it's uh, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I this is a lot, a lot's going down in a very short amount of time. And um I, I just don't, there's so much, Frank, so much. Like, I sit and I read this stuff and I'm, I'm. this is not America, it's just not America. Like, they're doing, th- and, and they'll continue to do these things. And then they'll try and, you know, if, they, if there was nothing to worry about, they wouldn't try and cover their asses afterwards and they wouldn't be upset. Like, they wouldn't be upset that everybody knew that their entire narrative about January 6th was a farce because it wouldn't have been a farce because everyone would have known from the beginning what happened. Like, I think people would have been equally outraged if they just let it be. Why do we have to taint everything? Well, I was you, asked, have to, you, have to you have to understand, uh, you just have to understand what they're, this is, we, we aren't fumbling our way through things right now uh, without there being a plan destroy erase improve that is their their mantra they're thinking about it on a planetary level this is a this is a very meticulous erasing of not only the physical signs of the past but also they're erasing all of the um the commonly held cultural um links that we had to each other they're severing all that. And that is about it's about dominating the future. And and obviously, we're very, very late in the game because it's not um, it were it, it, there's no more room to say, oh, slippery slope is a is a is a uh, logical fallacy. Yeah, I think that out of all the logical fallacies, slippery slope is is one of the more <laughs> one of the more legit ones. I would argue that they really pulled it out, though, like. They jumped, they jumped feet first in with no life jacket, just flailing around to get this finished. They, they rushed it. They threw everything on the fire all at one time instead of, you know, systematically rolling things the way they would typically do. They threw it all on the fire at once. To me, that's a, a, a sign of, of, of a lack of discipline, a lack of forethought, a lack of planning. Um, but anyway... That's the show for today, Frank. It was a good one. If you guys are here for the first time, I hope you'll come back and join us. We do this three days a week at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you hit the like button on Rumble. Share it with your friends. You have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and... Beans! You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, If you watch... No, I screwed it up. I'm going to do it over. 
You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. You can also watch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time on Rumble, Getter, and also on Twitter. And don't forget, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern at QuiteFrankly.tv, you can check out Frank's show. We will be back here with more goodness on Friday. Later. Later.